first word. My name is Pastor Dave, coming to you from beautiful Minnesota. First Word is a podcast that is dedicated to reading and discussing the Bible together. First Word is a great place to begin your exploration of the mysteries revealed in the Bible. So let's dive in. It's an interesting thing today that I want to start off with, and that is uh, we have an albino robin in our neighborhood. It's really quite striking. It's not completely white, but a lot of white blotches and gray. Anyway, it showed up today, and just I just Googled it because I was fascinated. Like, how did it find the same neighborhood? And you, I think robins always do that, but you don't notice it because all robins look the same. But anyway, they go down to Mexico or southwest Minnesota or the Gulf Coast, and then they come back, and the albino robin found our exact neighborhood once again. And I know it's not unusual. Like, yeah, Dave, that's what birds do. They migrate. And uh, But it was just kind of amazing this morning. This, what a miracle that is, how they were created to, uh, to find the exact same spot from wherever they went. So anyway, with all that aside, let's turn to the book of Mark. We're in Mark chapter 10, and we're going to read... Again, this common theme about the disciples just missing it, just not seeing, not hearing what Jesus is really saying. And we just have to remember that if the disciples missed it, so might I, so might we. And so let's read how they missed it yet again in Mark chapter 10. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise." Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Word of the Lord. All right, so for the third time, and now Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the last time, The triumphal entry is right away in Mark 11, and he predicts his death again. He pulls the disciples aside and predicts his death. And then right after that, James and John ask to be at his right and at his left. The kingdom of God, it's it's about fighting evil, but we fight evil, as I 
as I read this week, with, um, with submission and servanthood and sacrifice. Three things that can be seen as weakness, but it's really quite strong. When somebody strikes you, not to strike them back is not cowardice, but immense strength and self-control. To be insulted and not to insult back is not weak. It's, it's a lot of self-control and a lot of deep knowledge that, that, that God is with me and nothing can separate me from the love of God. Greatness is something to be achieved, but greatness is is not how the world defines it. And that's such good news that we can we can say to people that you can all be great. One of my favorite verses is in Psalms 147. It just says this, His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. That's how we measure greatness. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. If it's about fearing God and putting hope in his unfailing love, it's about if it's about serving and sacrificing for your neighbor, everyone can be great. I love sports, so thinking about Michael Jordan and watching him play as I grew up. But you know that it's a team that wins, and I was trying to think on the Bulls teams, and he won so many championships, but on some of the best teams, who was the first man off the bench? Whoever that was, was one of the greatest basketball players in the world. You could say one of the greatest basketball players ever to play because so many players play junior high and high school basketball. To make the NBA, you're one of the greatest ever, really. And then to be on the best team and to be the sixth man. But I don't remember who that was. And and, and he was one of the greatest. Elgin Baylor just passed away. Like I know that name because I love basketball so much, but but all of this is so fleeting. And in God's eyes to say, he says, if you want to be great in the world, you've got to be exceptionally exceptional. But if you want to be great in my eyes, you just have to fear me to put your hope in my unfailing love and to serve your fellow man. So the disciples were going after greatness. One author said when they asked about being on the right and the left, the persons that were on his right and his left on the cross that's that's the the irony that at the cross is where jesus got his glory and on his right and his left were were two uh two thieves or robbers and and then after this question of of greatness the other disciples were indignant and the question is were they mad because james and john had it so backwards the authors don't don't think so they were mad because they were trying to like weasel their way in, kind of one-up them, pull Jesus off to the side and get their names in before everybody else. Like a total a total worldly thing to do, right? Like to pull the boss aside and butter him up and put your name in before anybody else. And and the, and the other disciples were mad, not because they, they missed it, but because they were trying to weasel their way into the kingdom. And, and Jesus just says, don't you know that those who are regarded rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them? Not so with you. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. It takes a lot of faith to believe that mowing your neighbor's yard when nobody sees, God sees and he smiles and he sees that as greatness. When you go visit somebody in the nursing home that's sick and no one knows you're there, that God sees as you hold that person's hand and and you spend time with them. God sees and he smiles and he sees that as greatness and it takes a lot of faith but jesus says trust me i see i know 
This is how you become great in the kingdom. And it's really good news because every single person, no matter your disability or your ability, can be great. That's our challenge. Go out, find a way to be great by serving somebody well today. Friends, Tuesday, kind of rainy in Minnesota. Hope you can keep a smile on your face. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Um, It's good to be with you. We look forward to being with you tomorrow. I know that at first word, our artwork is by the talented Emily Lemon, sound production by the great Chris Stoltzman, and our original music that I'll leave you with by my friend Lonnie Leo. Have a blessed day, friends.